1: To the Brandon Peters show, as we close the week with a song, and of course, this particular video is part of,
0: of at 40.
1: this is part of the music video series returning from the pits of hell, the pentagram circle, the portal that opened, and the Saturday Evening Post. He created Spark Shooter and he writes for graphic policy. Try Brownfield.
2: Returning champion.
1: Returning champion. All right. So this week we're talking about Love's Been a Little Bit Hard on Me from Juice Newton coming from her album Quiet Lies, which also featured her hits Break It Timidly Gently and Heart of the Night. This song was written by Gary Burr, who has produced hits for other big name artists. I reached number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. Number four on Adult Contemporary, only number 30. on on country uh the song landed her a grammy nomination for best female pop vocal performance troy who did she lose to
2: oh uh best female pop vocal performance 1982 was oh damn i kind of want to say melissa manchester but maybe
1: yes your you should hear how she talks about you also nominated Also nominated were Laura Branigan for Gloria, Gloria. Olivia Newton-John for Heart Attack, and Linda Ronstadt for Get Closer. It was her second year in a row nominated and losing the previous year for Angel of the Morning. Uh, She did win the same year uh, that she lost to Melissa Manchester for Break It to Me Gently in the Best Female Country Vocal Performance. So she did walk home with the Grammy, but just not in the pop one. i I did find it funny that at the same time we had two jay newtons we had (laughs) newton john olivia and uh juice or olivia newton john and newton juice but kind of interesting uh the director of the video we're going to talk about unknown troy that's bizarre
2: to me i I tried
1: there's so much lost history of music videos I've, I've, i've talked with uh Returning uh, recurring guest of the show, Mike Vanderbilt, that I'd love to do some sort of like seek out documentary of like women that appeared in music videos, prominently in music videos because uh, we'd done a cheap trick video for uh, I Can't Take It and there's a woman in a wedding dress, she's the star of the video, no idea who she is, know where she comes, can't find it. There's so many people from videos that just gone. Yeah.
2: It was kind of a revolutionary step when they actually started putting the director on videos. And if I'm not mistaken,
1: I think BET
2: did it first hmm. before MTV added okay. that. One. That's something historically we'd have to check. But I really do feel like we'd watch, you know, videos. They would have the the, right. the original credit was of course song, album, and artist, and then label. But then I'm pretty sure BET started adding director.
1: Okay, we did. Well, I mean, the the rap videos and stuff would have people, uh, big name people, so that would go on to like do films at the same time. Great. We had Fincher and stuff, but they weren't known at the time. But we had, yeah, people switching up there. It was, I got producers. We have Kevin McCormick and Michael Naismith who produced this. Naismith, of course, one of the monkeys. Um, You
2: know, in retrospect, I wouldn't be too surprised if Naismith directed it given the sense of humor of the video. I mean, that's true. Yeah. That's monkeys-esque.
1: Right, no, it's it's one, yeah, very monkey's ass. He would, he would go on to executive produce Repo Man two years after this too. So he was oh, yeah. getting in the business. <laughs> but yeah, now you say that, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Yeah, just they just didn't hand out the credit or something. It, it was just producer driven because uh, we have McCormick here, who was the producer of Saturday Night Fever, that really wild Michael Bean movie, The Fan, uh, Hardball the Keanu Reeves one, uh, the Arthur remake, Doctor Sleep recently, he did that, uh, The Way Back, and In the Heights. And coming up, he's producing Elvis and Wonka. So this guy is...
2: Long-term career of a lot of cool stuff.
1: That's... But today he was here for Juice Newton's Love's been a little bit hard on me. Yeah, uh, Juice Newton fan? I, I thought... have
2: perfect recall of this song being popular. Okay. Um, I remember, I mean, I do remember the, the whole previous album like 1980 queen of hearts angel of the morning there. that was so a huge
1: one yeah that's massive the banger and, yep
2: and, and uh, just newton was not new i mean she'd been the front person of a band whose name escapes me at the moment and she'd been a solo artist she had a hit with um you know in in 1977 it's a heartache and
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know that those kinds of things were you know keeping her like in a presence but she'd also was one of those artists at the and it was really common in 1980 to 82, the country artists that would move back and forth between the country and pop charts. She mm-hmm. was in the same group, not in the same like league necessarily, but like Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, Linda Ronstadt, like you said, they were they were adept at, you know, many of them, like you know, Parton and Rogers obviously started in Country and Ronstadt started mm-hmm. in Rock, Stone Pony and everything, but they'd cross back and forth on the charts and they put out songs like lady or nine to five or whatever that would be hits on both at the same time. So just mm-hmm. had a slot to comfortably belong to. And it's like, she's a girl that played guitar and she sang and she did pop and like they're a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll like the Osmonds. But, uh, <laughs> so she was right. You know, you, you could see her most rockabilly
1: on. stuff like country, like country in this time. Isn't, we're not quite to the rhinestone stuff yet or the urban cowboy pop countries, on the way uh, but like it's not like if you listen to some diehard cut co- well country now is even something crazy different it's actually it's just probably more evolving back to this where it's like
2: yeah the you know I, just for anybody that's got past an interest in country music or wanting to see country music when it wasn't like all bro country or whatever uh i really hardly right. recommend the ken burns documentary um which shows that there really is a lot of genre diversity within country, but it's mm-hmm. just, it's been narrowed in the last few years that, you know, that this, it's, uh, you, you'll hear a lot of the female stars that have become more prominent in the last couple of years talk about five years ago, women were having a really hard time break on the radio. Mm-hmm. And this was after the 90s and early 2000s that were completely dominated by Shania Twain, Faith Hill, et cetera. And it swung completely back the other way. Yeah, and and so you, it's it's a very weird time. So if you look at the these early '80s, there were a lot of female artists that were breaking in kind of like a pop country direction. They were moving back and forth, and and um, Juice Newton doing, you know, Angel of the Morning is so pervasive; it's showing up in trailers now. The, She's making uh,
1: – there's some good royalties coming from that with the – I mean, it, it probably – like, Deadpool used it in its sure. opening. And that's where the genesis of people having the idea of using it commercials showed up in Promising Young Woman. Like, so now it's – because every so often there will be a pop song that's been gone for so while for so long, someone use it uses it in a catchy and almost brilliant fashion, and then everybody starts using it in things again. And it's like, use your own – find your own song. Like – I am gonna attach it. Like, what's crazy though? D- Deadpool used it, great, and then I hear it in other places. I am like, come on, Deadpool. But then, promising young woman, it were it took it back. It was like, I can take it now. I was like, okay, yeah, well played. But yeah, like there will be that pop song that comes back out of nowhere, and then everybody starts using it again. Like, get your own fucking songs. <laughs> like, you know, like come on, like you know you are only using it because you went and saw the gigantic hit movie Deadpool, which everybody now will remember that from, and now you're copying it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, although, um, God, I'm drawing a blank on the name. The Amazon series with Josh Brolin, the kind of mystery sci-fi series uh, range, not open range, but um, anyway um it has that at one point in the trailer and they use it in kind of a clever way where what of the where one of the characters tells another character don't sing don't sing that and then it cuts <laughs> to the guy singing it with like a bunch of supernatural kind of stuff happening and mm-hmm. everything and it's like okay that's kind of cool that's you know if, if you're going to do it at least make it different right at least right yeah use the whole you know don't sing that song but um as far as this one th- this song is really evocative of kind of like what a catchy songwriter she is mm-hmm. and just the, you know, the elements of it are very classic pop song, but it's got just enough of the acoustic guitar and twangy stuff to qualify in early eighties country.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> that's there... kind of, that's kind of like a lot of her music was. It's like, I don't know yeah. if this is, okay, well there's the, where I would guess it would scoot to the genre for like three seconds, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Country on the elements. Right. Right. I mean, you know, the, Country had a really hard time of letting go of Taylor Swift right <laughs> she was already she was she was making pop songs straight up pretty early on to the point where she was doing like country and pop mixes of songs that she could release to different music video networks
1: they're but, like this is Leanne roms all over again
2: <laughs>
1: she to leave us because that's yeah. what every country fan sounds like apparently be
2: yeah well you know it, it, what's kind of funny about that is like pandemic hits and taylor's like fuck it i'm gonna go make johnny mitchell records at my house right <laughs> and she's like this is what i always wanted to do anyway <laughs> yeah yeah you know, so it, but with uh juice newton is you know she's still performing she's seven mm-hmm. years old and she's still you know making songs and she does other stuff um, she's had like whole separate careers and everything involved in art and whatnot but just the idea that you know kind of at any minute she's like you know what I'm gonna go play somewhere she can do it she's got that capacity
1: yeah, yeah. and yeah. yeah I'd go see her play a small venue or something like that would be real cool this video uh, she does show some chops here with performing wise she's very I mean she's got a charisma a taste for comedy uh, like broad comedy yeah. and this it feels I feel like this is almost Ace's a parody of like a sitcom opening. Yeah. Like the camera movements, the it's like when the guy pulls up, he's like, like you imagine his name there and then it cuts to her, the window. Like you could almost imagine her name going under there. It's perfect.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's a great marriage of song and concept Mm -hmm. with, you know, it's, it's an unexpected angle, but totally fits the song. You know, the idea of love has been a little bit hard on me. Well, in this case, it's actual physical damage. And just yeah. like getting the, the physical comedy out of it and everything. It's like, this is a really clever idea, which now that we brought it up, makes me think even more. It's that's <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, it, it is. It, but it is that, that there's the, the escalation of it. But I, what I think is also pretty funny is like, is that, you know, as they cut back and forth, because it's one of those videos that's got here they are performing on a stage, and then here's the narrative, and it goes mm-hmm. back and forth. But they start to bleed together when she's performing like on crutches, and the band is laughing at her, kind yeah. of in the background. Like the, and it. But it, it's it's fun. It, mm-hmm. It's never mean. It's never like oh, she just got whacked in the face. The crowd. It's 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 fun. It's mm-hmm. it's funny in a way that she's allowing. Um, herself to be kind of the center of of the joke whereas you'd have maybe at this particular time a lot of artists like well and well into today they're like more concerned about their image and being sexy first and everything right she's like she's treating the whole thing like a goof and then you're allowed to have fun with it
1: right you know there's clever little touches too because uh, between all the like t the comedy scenes the the band's playing in an open area or whatever and there's yeah. one point where she's playing and you can see she's connected to like a little IV stand by her yes by, and it's like it's kind of like if you're not paying attention you would miss it um, it doesn't like call it out too much but it's really it's really neat um, to see they have that there
2: yeah that's a great touch and I I don't think it was uh, in any other shot. Because you know, when I was watching it a couple of times, I don't, I didn't notice the IV mm-hmm. being used more than
1: once. No, it was, it was a medium shot from the side of her, uh, showcasing, showing another band member with her, and I just, I was like, "What's that tower?" I'm like, "Oh, it's an IV bag." I was like, "That's great." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always, the, it's always the guy, her lover in the video, like uh, injuring her too, which is funny, and they, they do corny couple things there's one where they have matching marty mcfly vests on at one point yeah um and then when she goes the wheelchair down the hill it's almost like mac and me that would happen yes. later in the decade i was thinking that immediately
2: yeah yeah that was totally my reference on that too is... <laughs> maybe this inspired mac and uh... <laughs> i got it have you ever covered mac and me i have no okay.
1: i'm saving it it's like a back yeah, pocket it, thing because it is so your retirement episode retirement. mac and me yeah that well it's funny because like uh um, guest star paul rudd <laughs> it has to it ha oh he did that on the conan podcast that was brilliance he,
2: he's next level uh, well, what would he was on the final shows and with bill Hader mm-hmm. and he did it not once but twice holy yes. shit Oh my God! That's... The way
1: he can straight up sell something and your your mind leaves the thought that he might do it is amazing.
2: Yeah, and then he when he did Ant Man and he's like, "This is really important. I can't mess this up." And he just put Ant Man in it. I'm like, God, like that dude. So yeah, but no, a treasure. Just, man, talk about acts that get overlooked. Yeah, as the history of, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Put any uh heat on cindy lopper for this because she's awesome mm-hmm. but um and it always has been but there there certainly was a swing toward the overtly sexy video in the mid 80s that like you know madonna and whatnot and i feel mm-hmm. like juice newton kind of got shoved out as this yeah. stuff was kind of happening but there was there was an explosion of holy shit there were a lot of albums coming out in the early 80s yeah and there are a lot of videos and a lot of things and i think that you know where she might've had a leg up having been active in the late seventies and coming in and she's like more polished and like, I can make a video and, you know, she already had hit songs and like a a bicameral audience of, you know, a house of rock and a house Mm -hmm. of country, you know, she, she had a leg up, but then by the time that you've got, you know, the bigger stuff coming down, the, these artists that are dropping debut albums that are selling millions of copies of albums and, you know, they're they're putting out four, five, six hit singles off the record. Yeah. I think that she got crowded out in a, in a way. And, well, there's a
1: lot of debut albums that are just humongous and sophomore albums that just kind of yeah. struggle. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, yeah, as, as they go on, they find, you know, Cyndi Lauper, Madonna around the same time. And then, oh, bring in Tiffany, bring in Debbie Gibson, you know, then, yeah, but... I think yeah, Juice Newton. I think nowadays, if to a lot of people, you might be like Juice Newton. They'd be like, "Who?" And he played they, yeah. but but you know all the songs. You, and yeah. it's it's a lot of them too. That's the thing. Eye opener for people. Yeah, be like, oh, this many. Yeah, but, it's
2: uh, she had eleven top forty. Yeah, hits a Not worthwhile
1: good. greatest hits hits disc. You know, whatever yeah. actual, uh, yeah. As you that's, that's
2: the argument I was get into with people about Rick Springfield, who had 39 top 40 hits. The guy, yeah, the it guy's the whole top 40 himself.
1: We just talked about "Don't Talk to Strangers" on a previous episode here, and yeah, yeah I'm like, he was more than Jesse's girl. Yes, he had one number one hit, but "Don't Talk to Strangers" if it wasn't for Ebony and Ivory, probably would have hit number one for a week. Um yeah. but
2: I forget how many top tens he had, but it was more than two. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he had a lot of top tens. He he charted bit like he started fading. You know, it wasn't towards till towards the end of the eighties that he started fading from the United States charting. He was still doing well. Corey Hart, another person that gets stuck yeah. with sunglasses at night. I'm like, never surrender.
2: Never surrender is a tremendous song.
1: He's got um, and Corey Hart had a lot of. It's just these guys. Gutenberg did when the nineties hit a lot of these acts in the eighties, yeah. and that'll happen. Well,
2: you know, it, it's weird. Um, it, you know, Rick Springfield, like at the very end of the '80s, "Rock of Life" is a is a big hit for him, mm-hmm. and he starts making movies and stuff again. I mean, he was yeah. in the Battlestar Galactica pilot. He was in the.
1: Uh, oh, he was on pilot. General Hospital for a long time, yeah. and he went back it, to it too. Um, yeah, and he was, later he was the
2: pilot for what became Forever Night. And mm-hmm. I actually did a big article on Rick Springfield for the Post as well. Um, oh, I remember that <laughs> but, one. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Uh, He liked it too, but the uh, whole thing of uh, he'll he'll be in uh, town here. (laughs) I've I've seen him seen him twice, but um, yeah, the the whole whole arc of Corey uh, Hart actually left music for a while to raise Mm -hmm. his kid. Like his wife had a really good job. He could songwrite and produce stuff at home. He quit. Yeah, he quit. He's like, you know what? I'll stay home. I'll stay home with the kid. You Mm -hmm. you go. I think she might have been a lawyer or something. She was doing really well. They lived in Canada. You know, health insurance wasn't yeah. a problem. He's like, oh, there's...
1: <laughs> well, also, I mean, that's the story of our breakout star of eight, summer of 82, Phoebe Cates. She's like, you know what? Yeah. Be a mom. That's what I want to do. Cool. And, and <laughs> you
2: know what? Phoebe Cates is still a cultural reference. You know, season three of Stranger Things. Yep. You're like, Is she as hot as Phoebe Cates? <laughs> like, what, a, what a stellar... You know, legacy as far yeah. as that. She's goes. a
1: legend, like a legend. I mean, and I'll like I haven't seen all her work, but if I there's something I haven't, I'm like curiosity bug because
2: best best monologue in Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And uh which one of you bitches is my mother? <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest trashy TV bidding series of all time, Lace.
1: Yes. Oh man. Yeah. We we started this. the series starts with her movie Paradise, her first film, which is her Blue yeah. Lagoon, which is. Just wait for fast times, folks. That's all you gotta do in August. Yep. It's coming in August, but yeah. Uh, but this, this is Juice Newton, and I, I I dug this one quite a bit. Um, the song, it's, it's fun. It's
2: yeah. It is. It's a good, solid pop song, and um, quite frankly, this is something that you know. If going back to Taylor Swift a minute, if Taylor Swift decided to do a straightforward, no changes cover of this song mm-hmm. tomorrow, it'd be a number one hit. Yeah doesn't have to do anything to it except just be Taylor on it and it would be number one. Mm-hmm. Um and, and not just her, but you know, on the countryside, uh Marin Morris, Miranda Lambert, Brandy Carlisle, anybody yeah. that wants to drop this song that's you know, they would they would any one of them would have a number one on their respective Brandy chart.
1: Brandy Carlisle would crush a Juice Newton code. Do a fish thing where they when they play on Halloween and their Halloween costume is that they cover a whole album. Yeah. Um do that. Oh thanks brandy carlo would crush it
2: yeah she would she would
1: i saw her do a she did fleetwood max a chain i saw her oh the, yeah she holy she
2: does shit. that with the uh high women as well yeah. her her band yeah. with uh Maren morris natalie hemby and amanda shires the four of them which yeah have you ever seen that the four of them
1: no that? no no no. i've only Put seen her, that with her up, band the okay. harmonies
2: will blow your head off <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's, uh, that's a, that's Bray Carla's for another day. Cause she is an amazing human. Um, yep. but yeah, so that's Juice Newton. Troy, thanks for your turn at bat. Check it in here for one of the music <laughs> videos on the summer of 82 at 40. Uh, till your next, uh, turn, uh, let people know where you keep up with you.
2: Yes. Saturday evening post, of course, uh, Troy Brownfield, they're at Troy Brownfield at Twitter. Uh, You'll find me on Facebook, and you'll also currently find uh, Spark Shooter, the uh, music-based webcomic series that Brandon alluded to in the opening. The uh, first 16 chapters are all parked at the Spark Shooter page at Facebook, Spark Shooter Comic, and the final two chapters are currently in production and will begin debuting later this year.
1: Spark Shooter Endgame. That's right. (laughs) Oh, man, that Saturday Evening Post article you dropped this week, what a doozy. Yeah, killing uh, June there, we, Troy, killing it, killing it in June. All yeah. right, <laughs> and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4kuhd. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be back Monday for more Summer of '82 at 40. Uh, till then, stay cool.
0: Thank you for listening. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. The Summer of 82 at 40 and News of the Moment, themes by Press Maxson. Additional information on this and other episodes at thebrandandpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at thebrandandpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.